0: Hello everybody, this is Bay. Recently, I organized a kids books club with another bilingual family. Our goal was for each child and parent to share their favorite book in Chinese. The family we met for this event had a Taiwanese mother and a father who was born in Taiwan but grew up in the US. To my surprise, the father enthusiastically shared a lengthy Chin- children's book in Chinese. As second generation parents, many of us whose parents immigrated to the US in the eighties can hold conversations in Chinese with our parents, but lack the ability to read the language. Bobby was one of the few dads I've met who can both read and speak Chinese fluently to his children. That's why we're excited to have him today on the show to discuss his Chinese journey and how it influenced his decision to raise his kids bilingual. So let's get started. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, Bay, It's great to be here.
0: Great. So let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your bilingual journey, specifically the languages spoken at your home when you were growing up um, and any sort of Chinese type of learning like weekend school, Mandarin immersion school. And then if you can also include any types of trips to Asia.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I was born in Taiwan um, in the 80s. Uh, I. My parents were, I was born in Taiwan uh, in the 80s, and when I was one, uh, my parents decided that they wanted to continue their education in the United States pursuing a graduate degree. That led us to immigrate, immigrate, I'm sorry. And so we first uh, landed in the U.S. um, in... Uh, Wisconsin and then after a few months of it being too cold there uh, my parents decided that uh, they would instead go to bring the family to uh, Berkeley California where my dad uh, finished his graduate degree and my mom decided at that point to um, forgo studies to to raise me basically Um, after my dad finished the degree in in berkeley he found a job in new york city um i also have an uncle in new york city and so the whole family moved to new york and uh in terms of the languages spoken when i was growing up i feel like it was the typical kind of um First and second generation experience where my parents, uh, they were trying to learn the language or they they learned English and were trying to improve their English. But at home, they spoke to me uh, almost entirely in Chinese. And I, growing up here, did my best to kind of ignore that. And I re- responded to them usually in, in English growing up. And... Uh, In terms of Chinese education, primarily it was weekend school, um, but I didn't go to weekend Chinese school um, from a young age. It was after we had moved to New York and I was in elementary school. I can't quite remember the age, but I attended Chinese school for uh, a few years, um, a little bit older than the rest of the people that I was in classes with and after I don't remember how many years it was it was probably um only 3 or 4 years or maybe even less than that i i told my parents i didn't want to continue um with that because i felt too old like most of my classmates were very young i think it was i was hitting middle school and i i just didn't want to uh to continue on and i mean i wasn't trying very hard and i don't think I was retaining very much either. Um, yeah I'm, I mean that's kind of what it was like growing up. Um, and uh, it wasn't until later I kind of started to get a little bit more serious about uh, learning Chinese and then uh, gradually got to sort of where I am now.
0: you were it sounds like you were old, you were one of the older kids in your class. And um and then also the lack of interest and motivation at that point did not really you didn't really find Chinese learning very interesting is that correct?
1: Yeah, I I think it was uh it felt like yeah because of the age difference between myself and the other people in the Chinese class I I didn't find it very fun and and I kind of thought for lack of a better sort of description I, I felt like I was just kind of with a bunch of like like babies. I kind of like I can kind of vaguely remember this kind of state of mind. Like what what am I doing here with all these like these little kids? Um I kind of wanted to be at home reading my books or I don't know, you know, watching TV. The same, you know, typical kind of um yeah, I I read a lot as a kid and and so um I didn't want to be stuck. First of all, we had we had to drive pretty far to to get to the the weekend Chinese school, and and then once we were there, um, it was kind of like it was kind of boring. Yeah, it's it's um, wasn't really interesting, and um, I didn't really have any of my peers kind of going through it uh, with me. Um, thinking back to that time, I I don't think I had any friends who who were going to Chinese school on the weekend like me and you know now now that I think about it you know I I did have friends who were also Chinese American but for some reason at that age I hadn't I guess I hadn't met them yet um, they were in different Chinese schools I guess at that time um, so yeah um, it boils down to just uh, it not being interesting I guess yeah
0: yeah and I think that's very common for a lot of folks. In the 80s and 90s when they were growing up, going to Chinese school, my husband included, where he was, he did, I would say, weekend Chinese school for, I want to say 10 plus years, and it was Saturdays, and he, you know, your parents actually drove you to that location. He just walked to his location, but it always felt like it took up uh, his, you know, free time. Yeah. instead. <laughs> right, so that right. sounds very calm. So what would you say was like the turning point that sparked your interest to learn more Chinese then?
1: It's clear to me and and kind of um really sticks out in my in uh my memory is that when my sister uh was born uh there's a gap between the two of us of 10 years. So I was 10. Um I I had this this uh very clear thought that I I have some trouble, this is me as a 10-year-old thinking this, I have some trouble communicating with my parents um, in Chinese, and I really hope and and wish that my sister doesn't have the same difficulty as I do. And so I felt maybe I should put in an effort uh, to help her develop her Chinese, my sister, um, so that... um, you know she she becomes uh bilingual and and not in the way that I was at that point but uh feeling comfortable in english and chinese um so so once she was born i i made a, a conscious effort to only speak in chinese at home uh, with my parents and with my sister um at the time it's you know my my chinese vocabulary wasn't wasn't uh so great but you know that at least at that point, it was it was a big difference in terms of my amount of effort and the drive, you know, that that motivation kind of switched on at that point to um, to improve my Chinese.
0: Well, you were a very wise 10 year old, I would have to say. Most folks would not be thinking that way, but that is very interesting. Um I mean, I have so many questions with that. I guess I'm curious to see. So you you said you didn't really enjoy weekend Chinese school. And at that point, you decided to speak with your sister. And, I mean, speak Chinese with your parents. Was there any sort of... Um, so did you go back to Chinese school? Or did you... How were you learning Chinese besides speaking more with your parents?
1: Yeah, so um, when my sister was born and I was 10... Um, I didn't go back to Chinese school, um, and I and I guess I wasn't actively building my Chinese reading and speaking ability. Definitely not my reading and writing ability. Um, I wasn't taking any classes um, at that point, um, but just the that focus on on trying to only use Chinese that that kind of helped build up that muscle and um, and that that habit uh uh conversing in Chinese. And then in my high school, actually was it middle school? No, it was in my high school, um we they actually had Chinese as a second language offered um in addition to you know the usual Latin, Italian, French, and Spanish. Um so I took it took three years. Uh I think it was three years or it might have been four can't quite remember. Uh, I think, I think uh, because I was in Latin through middle school as my second language. And then I switched over in high school to Chinese when, um, when they offered it, Uh, I recall the first year I heard about it. I didn't, uh, I didn't sign up for it, but uh, yeah. So from my sophomore year through senior year, I took Chinese in school um, and that was sort of, uh, well, weekend school was the true foundation, but then that was kind of like where I was building, starting to build it up, um, got truly. Got you.
0: And then what did your parents think? Did they notice that there was a change in your attitude in terms of speak? Because it sounded like you really didn't speak much of it, and then all of a sudden, your baby sister was born. It's like, here, here, mom and dad, I'm speaking Chinese now.
1: Yeah, It's a good question, because uh, I I don't think I ever... Had that conversation with them, um, asking them what they thought about that decision that I had made. Um, It wasn't. It certainly wasn't something that I sat down and had a conversation with my parents about. Um, I I turned forty last year, and I think I've only just recently gotten mature enough to to have a conversation like that with my parents. Um, But uh, you know, I don't. it, It was. It was very, at least. Thinking back, it's like a very obvious change. Um, but in terms of whether or not they they appreciated it or not, I guess it never really occurred to me back then or or even now that it was something that they would um appreciate per se. It was more like um, oh, so this is this is happening. This is this is fine. <laughs> this is okay. Um they 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 didn't uh because they they, they didn't push me to like they didn't make uh, an active effort, I would say to make sure that I retained my Chinese or weekend Chinese school is just, just a thing, or maybe, maybe I just don't, don't know that from not having spoken to them about it. But uh, my impression is that um, it isn't really something that they, they made a conscious effort uh, to, to do, meaning, um, Chinese, Chinese school is just like something else, like uh, a violin class or, yeah, a uh, kung fu class, something like that. Just another thing to fill the time. But uh, but yeah, certainly I think as I got older and as my Chinese, um, as I built it up more, I'd like to think that they they appreciated the ease with which we're able to kind of communicate with each other now. Yeah.
0: And just kind of looking back at the comparison, if I don't know if you remember this, was there a difference in terms of like teaching style between weekend school and high school? Um, Because there was a bit of a gap, but at the same time, I'm just curious that style change and helped you even further your foundation and advanced your Chinese.
1: Yeah, um, there definitely was a a difference. Um, The the weekend Chinese school... uh, they followed um, like a like a very basic sort of workbook um with 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 uh, very simple stories for every every chapter um time it felt universal but now I don't know if it's Universal anymore but it's kind of like um nihha like very very like really rudimentary kind of um uh lessons and um and we went very slow. And um, and it didn't really feel like anything that was particularly applicable to like or um, uh, not something that we could that I could use on a on a on a regular or employ in any conversation, really. Um, but then in, in high school, um, those Chinese classes, I'm not really sure about where the curriculum came from. But um, but my teacher was, was not of uh, chi- Chinese, she wasn't Chinese. She had learned Chinese as a second language herself. Um, uh, and I think because of that, it helped uh, her be able to teach it in a way that, um, and this is kind of just me like thinking back on it and, and kind of considering why, it might have helped me more so than Chinese school. Um, maybe her having learned it as a second language helped her teach it as a second language, um, and and so it felt it felt like a, a stronger base than 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 uh, the weekend school. And and I guess the specifics of it also were that was that uh, the weekend school was taught in. Uh, the the Taiwanese um that alphabet the uh, not Taiwanese sorry um the alphabet used uh, in Taiwan Fu fuhao and um, in school we learned it using the system um, they use in mainland China hanyu uh, pinyin so okay. that was very different and um, and it also went a long way in helping me. Um, retain it and 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 be able to uh study it a, more efficiently in a way. Um I mean in my opinion the two are are, are basically direct analogs of one another, meaning um Han and and Ying Fu Hao, it's the sounds are one, you know, there's there's for every sound in Ying Fu Hao, there's there's a representation in Han but I guess because basically my my first language I mean it wasn't really my first language but it was uh, you know my dominant language um, I think Han was just easier for me to recall faster. Um, there's always a little delay when I look at Zu Fu Hao um, and a little bit of uncertainty. Um, I guess I wasn't very studious, kind of like really memorizing all of that in in the in the weekend Chinese school, and so. Um, it's slower for me to kind of uh, look at all that, and um, having hanzi Ping, it was it was uh, felt more direct, and 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 I could absorb it a little bit faster. Also, it had the the added benefit of having a different and easier uh, dictionary um, lookup. I don't know if your listeners will know, but the normal dictionary um, requires you to know uh, number of strokes for your character that you're looking up and also the radical of the character you're looking up. If you have a Hanmi-pinging dictionary, which is kind of rare because there's a very small population that would use a Hanmi-pinging dictionary, um, you just look it up by the sound. I mean, and it's alphabetical. So it's it's super easy to look things up with with that kind of dictionary. I mean, nowadays, you you kind of have a smartphone and it's, it's you could just kind of scribble it with your hand. But um, back then, you um, that made studying uh, much easier um, and faster.
0: Gotcha. So it sounds like in weekend Chinese school, when you were younger, you were learning the traditional Taiwanese doing. And then once you got into high school, Chinese learning, it was um, pinyin. It was much closer to obviously el- um, the English alphabet. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely did not see that when we were at the book um you know our little book club situation because you that book was actually doing and i when you were telling that story i definitely could agree with you too because i did learn zooing but kind of forgotten all about it and since we had kids i started learning zooing again and still to this day i still prefer pinging even though i'm pushing so much zooing on my own kids so so it is funny how those two do help each other but for i think if english is your dominant language is really helpful and also helps you absorb that information much faster so that's very interesting so then what happened after high school um what did you what did you do any sort of learning in college and what happens after like what did you what happened there
1: yeah in in college uh I, i did take two semesters uh of of mandarin chinese um just basic like level forgot how it's numbered but just the the level one Chinese. Um, but for they have two tracks um at the school uh so I also went to Berkeley, uh same as my dad, um, kind of followed in his footsteps, sort of. And uh um they have two tracks for Chinese. And um I was in the basically they have an accelerated path for people who um who speak Chinese already. And so so I took two semesters of that. Um and then on top of that, I also uh, attended what's called, um, I mean, uh, people who attend it usually call it Love Boat. Um, it was, I think, officially called like the Formosa Study Tour or something like that. And um, at on that summer program, I made a lot of friends, including a lot of the uh, the camp counselors who were native to Taiwan um, and kept in touch with them. Um you know, a lot of sort of like uh, messaging back and forth in Chinese that helped me sort of like um, get faster at at typing in Chinese and um, faster at reading it somewhat, um, and and just sort of that served as continued practice in in my Chinese. Um, actually, that rem- that that reminds me now. Um, you know, that talking to people in Chinese over, uh, I guess at the time it was MSN Messenger or something. Or, or aim maybe. Um, you know, having Hanyu Ping was was an added, you know, that helped a lot at that time, uh, because because of the the, the input. Um I didn't have to memorize uh new positions for um you know I don't know if people are familiar but uh doing Fu Hao, it's it's kind of it it goes from like upper left corner of the, the keypad down to the lower right. And um I mean if you buy a computer in in, in Taiwan the keyboard will have it, but here it's, you know, you don't have it on your keyboard. And I didn't, you know, having to memorize that to type in Chinese, I think would have been really difficult instead inputting in, in, in pinging was um, kind of straightforward. Uh, so um, that was, a you know, all that meant that uh, I was able to have a, a way to practice my, my Chinese um, with, you uh, you know a lot of the new friends that i made during that period of time um also after after college i i i guess it's all related to that time on that study tour basically i had i had met somebody and i i decided that i wanted to move to taiwan to try to work there for um for i don't know you know at the time i didn't know how long i wanted to go back to work there but i i did i felt like i wanted to give it a shot um, i met somebody that that i was that i started dating and so being in a relationship with someone who who speaks chinese natively of course had a big, big impact i mean um that person could speak english fluently but i guess at that time i'm not sure exactly what it was but i i was really driven to kind of put in extra effort to try to practice my chinese um i felt that uh I really wanted to express myself with more specificity, I guess. I mean, like in English, I I, I tend to try to, because I'm really particular about, about the way I, I I express myself in English and, and without having my Chinese um, at a similar level, it was to a certain degree frustrating when I was speaking to, you know, like my parents and, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, um, everyone else. I mean, everybody that spoke Chinese. Um, I just had wished I was able to express myself better than, you know, at the elementary school level that I was at. And so so that was one factor that really drove me.
0: So it sounds like it was a combination of the interest from the Lopo experience and then the relationship as well. So what did you actually do in Taiwan? And um, w- I'm curious about the job you got, especially given um most people in taiwan don't speak english <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so uh yeah i moved to taiwan and was was applying to jobs uh didn't get too many interviews um you know i i don't know if you've had this experience but um a lot of people my friends in taiwan were were telling me like you know um the like on television, in you know, advertising, um, in the news, in the media, there are a lot of uh, Chinese Americans who move back to Taiwan and 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 experience great success because 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 they've returned from overseas and and everybody kind of really respects them for for that for some reason and and uh, obviously it's not that simple and and. And, and, and no such kind of like sort of success sort of landed in my lap, um, though though I guess what happened was related kind of to that phenomenon. Um, I, in the end, uh, I was connected with uh, one of my cousins who worked in publishing and, and she worked for a writer in Taiwan who was trying to um, spread um, his, how do I put it? without sounding um, too cynical. Um, Basically, he was was a Buddhist writer, and and he was trying to spread, his mission was to spread Buddhism um, through, you know, across the world, most basic um, kind of expression of his mission. And um, the way he decided to do it was to get all of his work translated into English to set up, um, you know, these conferences and to travel to places around the world to talk to other poets in different countries and, and kind of do culture exchange and get his um, Buddhist message out there. And so they were in need uh, English translators, English copywriters, and so I I came on board and, and worked for that company basically for like three and a half years um, doing translation. I did both both uh, written translation uh, Chinese to English and also interpreting um, when we when we traveled. I know it sounds weird because I just described my Chinese level as being quite quite low, but I was lucky. In the fact that that writer uh, valued very much specificity in terms of when when English is translated into Chinese, he wanted to know the nuance of the English. And so I could use my simple Chinese ability to describe kind of what I could gather from the the English. I'm talking about the interpreting side. Um, And then in terms of... uh, the Chinese to English translation of his work. Um, I would sit with someone like um, usually it would be like a, as weird as it sounds. I would I would sit with like a Buddhist nun, and and they'd they describe they'd break down the text. You know, um, this part is talking about this story and this this concept in Chinese, and and then I would kind of. Um, Try to explain that and not miss any of the kind of like the 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 slight nuance um, of meaning in the English. Kind of, um, I don't know how familiar you are with with kind of trans- translating work, but um, it's kind of a spectrum uh, between literal and and then sort of uh, not so literal translation. And and um, this writer definitely wanted very little literal translations um and uh or sorry not literal but uh the other one so uh so it didn't really require a super high Chinese level it, it, it required like um a, a good understanding of of the English language um to get that Chinese message that someone can explain to me like a partner could explain to me and then um and then the English was kind of, uh, yeah, just like really, I don't know how to describe it now. It's It seems so weird to me when I'm explaining it. Like, how did I even do that for two and a half years or three and a half I, years?
0: I think it sounds yeah. amazing. I can't <laughs> believe that's the job you got. I mean, that would that's like an ideal job I think we both probably want our kids to do right now. Um, yeah, I
1: guess so. It was,
0: it was such a great, I mean, the fact that you were doing both sides of it and they were sounded super patient.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. And yeah, then
0: right. also took the time and then you were learning the vocabulary and then also translating at the same time. It was like the best language learning experience ever it sounds like. For sure.
1: Yeah, and and uh I guess uh and and that was now that I'm, I'm thinking about it it was uh it was just one of the things that that helped me improve my Chinese while I was in Taiwan. I also enrolled in um at a Mandarin center. Um so I was living in Taipei and and there are a number of pretty, pretty prestigious uh, universities in Taipei, um, out of which I mean, and all of them have um, Chinese language centers um, for for foreigners. And um, I went to the uh, Taiwan Normal University. I was there for about a year and a half. Um, I didn't I didn't take classes right when I got to Taiwan. It was after having worked for about a year. Uh, that I that I um, applied and uh, and started taking classes there. So um, I was working during the day doing the translation work and the copy editing. Um, and then at night I was taking classes um, at Taiwan Normal uh, And then on top of all that, um, at night, I had found a group of um, kids. Uh, I guess that's one way describe it um basically local local skaters um uh to to skate with um at night after i finished chinese school so it was kind of like chinese during the day chinese in school at night and then chinese um through the rest of the night (laughs) um and and uh i think in that way it kind of rounded out um my chinese in a way that that wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to do if it was just, um, you know, taking taking a Chinese class somewhere, um, even a Chinese class in in Taiwan, um, because I was exposed to kind of um, a lot more vocabulary and um, and it wasn't that I, I kind of that I was particularly good at sort of like absorbing. It was just kind of being you were that
0: surrounded people, by it all the time. Yeah. Like it. yeah, yeah, kind of.
1: Um, Yeah, um, that's basically it, yeah, yeah. Being surrounded by it really helped.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think what's really interesting with your story is the fact that you kind of started out really slow with it, and then it really, like, it it really dramatically increased the learning experience as well as just the environment and everything. Usually we're kind of front-loading it and then slow down, but in your case, it's as you got older, it got more intense and more like more enriched. Um, so yeah. that sounds really interesting. I mean, that's just, it's very different. Um, I guess like fast forward to now, like I, I, you know, as your father and you are also raising your children to bilingual, what do you, what do you, what strategy are you guys employing within your environment um, for Chinese?
1: Yeah, one, um, so so my kids are, are five and a half now, um, but, when we were expecting um, at that point we had our you know uh, my wife and I we had the conversation about uh, Chinese uh, language and and what our hopes and and expectations were for that uh, development. Um, at the time I wasn't really very clear like it, it it was kind of like a vague idea in my mind you know what bilingual education, would be or or what it you know what that path looked like for for kids to grow up and 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 retain and 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 continue learning both English and Chinese at the same time and 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 to be able to retain both into adulthood. Um kind of it seemed like almost like it's it's a story that I would read about, but kind of the people around me, no one really reflected that um exactly um so so my thoughts around it were more sort of like um uh, i guess you could say it was just kind of like hypotheticals like everything's hypothetical um and and what really appealed to me at that time was you know one one parent one language um mm-hmm. and i thought you know that kind of made sense to me and 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 the feeling i got was you know my my peers who who are from the same background as me it seems like the people that could speak chinese or retained more of their chinese there was some of that going on like there were people in their lives that only spoke chinese and that's maybe why they were you know were able to um build up and and keep their their chinese speaking ability but um then the kids were born and uh we had you know multiple conversations about about uh, about this, and um, around the time that the kids were one, we decided let's actually go all in on on trying to uh, maintain an English a Chinese speaking environment at home um, just to try to build up as much Chinese language ability as possible early on um, because it felt just. By looking at the people around us, it felt inevitable that that would kind of erode as time went on, um, just by nature of living in America uh, and 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 having to use English um, basically everywhere. And on top of that, just having the Chinese language at home, we felt that you know a bilingual education program probably is the way to go for us. Neither my wife or I uh, particularly particularly like the idea of a, like a private school or a charter school. And so uh, that was never part of the conversation. It was more like in the public school system, you know, is there a type of school that we think will help us in, in this endeavor to, to, to have our kids grow up and be truly bilingual? And, and luckily enough in New York city, um, there are a lot, not a lot, but there are uh, many, bilingual schools. Um, and so we had, uh, a few options and, um, and we were lucky enough to get into, um, the one program that we wanted the most, um, which is where, where they're, they're going now. It's a, it's a bilingual school, uh, from pre pre pre-K to, uh, through all of middle school. So that's, that's the program they're in now.
0: Right, and then what are you, so currently? Your kids are five and a half. If I remember, you said that correctly. So yeah. What is their current proficiency level in Chinese for your kids, and what factor do you think contributed to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would describe it as as uh, you know, Chinese is their dominant language at this point. Um, they 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 switch comfortably between English and Chinese and uh i would say they prefer or i don't know if i should use the word prefer but they default to chinese in most situations um and i guess i mean with kids i mean kids in general have a limited amount of vocabulary uh about the world in general um so i don't really know how to describe it that way but but um, yeah, I think you know I would describe it as them being fluent and most more comfortable speaking in Chinese, and and the English is actually kind of still developing.
0: And you think definitely that's contributed from the home environment you guys have, given both parents are speaking Chinese, and on top of it, they're going to a bilingual school, right?
1: Yeah, and I and um, I think that one of the reasons you know when I when I spend time to you know be introspective and to sort of try to recall um, how I felt as a child um, about Chinese. Um, I felt that part of what led to me not being so interested in Chinese as a child was this feeling that speaking in Chinese instead of English, it it felt like something that would lead to to discrimination i guess and um i don't know how to describe it without it starting to sound kind of like heavy um but but um you know definitely as a kid um i didn't want to stick out you know i didn't want to stick out i wanted um uh you know i had this kind of sort of uh, survive, uh, survival instinct to kind of just blend in and and not blend in as in sort of like assimilating but but just blending in in general, you know, I was that kid who didn't didn't like to raise her hand, didn't like to sit in the front of the class, didn't really want to uh, draw attention to myself, and so I was I was kind of in a sense trying not to stick out as being Chinese American at that at that point in time. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, it's like that changed when when my sister was born. But all that is to say that I wanted. For my kids to feel that, um, you know, the world in general is not, you know, like the the default is not English. Like English is not sort of um, inherently uh,
0: the only language.
1: Better, it's not inherently safer
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I felt. I think at that time, I probably felt like English is safer. Um, you know being being overheard speaking in Chinese maybe was not safe. I mean, not that I was ever really like afraid of any kind of physical attack. But I think in a sense, I did feel that that, you know, best to just like always speak in English out in public, because that felt sort of like I wouldn't stick out that way. Um, and and I didn't want for that thought to kind of, you know, uh, come across our kids. And, you know, I it's to a certain extent it's kind of like overthinking it. But also, I think it's uh, definitely what I saw with like other other people around me. Um, kind of, uh, and 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 I think when when we kind of like compare experiences and, and talk about you know our uh, different kind of situations or 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 kind of like memories, um, people often will talk about how. You know they're out in public and they're sort of like they're translators for their parents and and uh, and kind of wanting to not be the translator. They just want to like be like quote unquote normal and 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 not have to. Um, and I guess people didn't say it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it felt like I didn't want to. Again, it kind of like connects to that sort of not wanting to stick out. It's like I didn't want to expose or or reveal that. You know. Um, uh, my parents were first generation or, or like, there's, there's some kind of like almost like weakness that, that they couldn't, they couldn't handle like a call with the the internet people, like without me as, you know, as like a translator. Um, and so uh, with my kids back to the kids, um, I didn't want, I don't want them to get the sense that, um, you know, there's there's like a English world and there's a Chinese world. I just kind of want to set a baseline of like, you know, some people speak English, some people speak Chinese, and uh, you should feel comfortable always with the Chinese as being just as good as the English. It's just like in some situations you speak in English, some situations you speak in Chinese, um, uh, because certainly I think like some people. Or, or I guess myself, um, it felt like, okay, Chinese is like, Chinese is just what, and I hear this from other people, I guess, too, but um, Chinese is just there because I needed to communicate with um, my grandparents, that kind of thing. Um, it's not, because Chinese, I think, it's like, it's not just a tool, or an, I don't feel like it, it should just be a tool. It's kind of, this is like, um, this is their identity, and this is kind of like, a, um you know uh uh their connection to to like a a culture and a heritage um that that it would really be a shame to not be connected to just because you know of of any kind of feeling of sticking out
0: yeah, yeah and i think also too now our our kids generation growing up the representation of Asian Americans is so different than when we grew oh, up. Yeah, and just Chinese, I would I often say this to many people. Chinese is very trending right now, um, because of m- multiple things, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were growing up, I definitely felt everything you said was very similar. And I grew up in the Midwest, so even more so then too. So it was very different than than right now, um, in terms of how our kids are feeling about learning Chinese versus when we learn Chinese and right. how that looks like. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that you guys are creating this environment for the kids and the fact they're going to bilingual school, it's great because now, like, and especially seeing it in person that your kids are able to interchangeably them at any point and that's the best thing you can do, right? Um, but then in terms of like, what do you think kind of like what do you think the Chinese learning now when you were growing up versus how your kids are learning? What do you think are some of the difference that you kind of are seeing given that they're also going to bilingual school? And then we'll end it with our last question. Um you've kind of answered this, but I don't know if you have um want to add further into do you what do you think is maybe the top two benefits your kids will gain from being bilingual?
1: Like I mentioned before, I, I feel like like a window into into being plugged into this, like the culture and and the the heritage of of uh, you know where they came from, um, which would be Taiwan, and um, and to to be able to connect with it without having that kind of um, that layer of needing to translate, um, it's kind of
0: I don't really know.
1: Um, how to put it into words but um it's it's kind of like for me when when uh when I was first starting to try to like improve my chinese language it always felt like when i was uh kind of talking to people in chinese or 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 when i was trying to watch um something in chinese it was kind of like i'm actively trying to like Uh, translate and and change that into English. But then at a certain point, it's sort of, I'm kind of just listening to it in Chinese, you know, having conversation just in Chinese without any of the words kind of like having to sort of like on a certain level be switched into English. And um, I'm, I'm not sure what it is or or why I feel this way, but um, I think that, that, that kind of, Closeness um, really is, is really nice, and and uh, and so for the kids to have that and to you know be connected in that close way to um, to family in that way to to sort of um, uh, the country and and. Uh, and and uh and to the media, you know, all 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 the you know the music and the literature. I mean, I don't know about the literature. I'm, my Chinese like level's not so great that I can really read very much in Chinese, but um I guess I
0: think you gotta stop saying that by the way, because I think it's <laughs> a lot better than you
1: think. Uh... I'm just thinking like I I don't really yeah I can't um, I'm not really reading Chinese books but but definitely you know like the the um the media certainly the media I think um it's it's really very rich and and to 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 have that be kind of have to go through a filter in a way um I think um that would take away a little bit from it um yeah and and so it's nice that 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 they can really connect um i feel you know deeply more deeply um i, I think that that's that's really really great
0: well we want to thank you so much for coming on the show this has been great to listen and hear all about your journey and your family's journey and we look forward to learning more and we will have our book party soon
1: <laughs> cool thank yeah look forward to it too thank you